Welcome back to the Enduring Churches podcast. I'm Alan and I'm here with Trent Young and we are so glad um, to be with you in this uh, fall day as uh, you are kind enough to pull us up and listen to us. So thank you very much to all our listeners out there. Um, we are glad you say yes to the Enduring Churches podcast, but we know there are some things that you need to say no to, Trent. So tell us what we're going to be talking about today. Hey, that's a good lead in, Alan. We're going to be talking about the need for us sometimes to say no to things. Um, you know, in ministry, sometimes you're not only a church leader, but you're a community leader or you're looked at to be that. And so you have lots of opportunities. Uh, people ask you to be on boards or people ask you to, um, hey, lead out in this certain events coming up or or preach a revival or whatever. And sometimes it can be just too much, right? And so today we want to talk about that sometimes no can be a good a good thing for you to be able to say. And if Alan, I don't know about you, buddy, but I'm I have a hard time saying no to things. Um and we're going to talk about why here in just a little bit. Yeah. So this is this goes beyond just saying no to a donut, right? So we're talking about <laughs> A way of life. <laughs> I'm hungry now. You ever I say no to a donut? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I haven't. <laughs> My parents had donut shops and it's like, oh, now I'm craving one. Yeah. Uh, no, man. You know, one of the things I realized when we moved here, I think there's more donut shops per capita than anywhere I've ever lived here. <laughs> so. Anyway, you need to move that, some to Missouri. <laughs> I do. I do. I do have my favorite. So. Yeah, I can tell you where to get a great cinnamon roll down here. But, you know, we're talking about these questions, Trent. You know, I, I think that times, especially in ministry, but let's, let's, let's kind of broaden this out to all of our church folks. You know, let's mm -hmm. have everyone think about their life holistically. That sense of feeling overwhelmed. And we know we're going to go through stretches where we're overwhelmed. But has mm -hmm. this become a constant rhythm in your life that you're constantly overwhelmed um you constantly you constantly tired not tired of it just constantly yeah, <laughs> yeah exhausted right yeah. the idea of yeah fatigue and and things like that you know what other kinds of feelings are we talking about today well yeah as you're saying that i you know i i think that there are seasonal times when all of us are dealing with exhaustion and feeling overwhelmed but you're right. If it is a constant thing, and so do you, um, do you constantly feel like you have to be in a hurry? You know, there are times when everybody's got to be in a hurry, right? Um, just because of life or things you do. But if you're, if your schedule, if you look at it and you're exhausted, just looking at your schedule, and then you have to feel like you have to be in a hurry all the time, that's a, it could be a problem. And so maybe you need to take a hard look at why is this the way it is. Um, and I, this is something I found myself doing, Alan, is, you know, at church, you're supposed to be talking with someone and you have trouble focusing on that one person because you're either thinking about what else you need to do or you're looking and seeing somebody else you need to have a conversation with. And so you don't really get into the, the relationship or conversation with that one person. And I think those are some big clues that something is definitely wrong. Yeah, you know, I noticed that we we had our annual meeting of of churches and, and pastors, and you know, I'm the one who gets to have a relationship with all the pastors. You know, most of my pastors know a handful, but there's others that they just don't know. But 
I know them. And I had this overwhelming sense that whole time of, oh, I want to go talk to this guy and I want to catch this guy. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and yeah, yeah, it was really, really hard to have a good, meaningful conversation because I was always looking, oh, don't leave yet. You know, so I, so yeah. I you, <laughs> but you know, that's all, that's one night, but right. You know, is, is this the practice? Is this is something that, that we get stuck in? And that's certainly one that I'm prone to um is is that that loss of focus that way and and people notice that in me sometimes in fact i've been that's been commented back to me a, a time or two so i've tried to tried to get better better in that but certainly real so we're talking about the, these things that are going on in our life that keep us from being effective mm -hmm. you know if we're not if if we're always overwhelmed tired rushed or, or distracted, you know, we're not effective and we want to have right. an effective ministry, you know, so we're not here just to help you endure. We're, he wants you to endure effectively is really what we're talking about today. Yeah. The, and continuing on in, in bad shape or, or exi yeah, exhausted or tired or whatever, that's not good. We would rather you endure and be, um, just as you said, effective or, um, you know, being able to do life well. And that's, I, I feel like that's what James talks about that, you know, whenever we face those trials of many kinds, we're supposed to be able to endure and, and we want to help you to do that. So one of the things, and this is, I'm Alan, I'm glad you said this is really for not just for ministry folks. This is for everyone. One of the first things is, are you a people pleaser? And if you are, that can get your get you into a lot of trouble because you're constantly trying to make everyone happy. That's a real struggle, isn't it? Yes, I mean, all of us, I think, have some desire for people to want to like us. I mean, mm -hmm. I guess there's a handful. I've met some people who don't seem to care, but most <laughs> yeah. of us. Most of us, especially those of who are listening today, probably want people to like them. You want people to to care. And so when they ask you to do something, you're looking for a way to make it happen. And that's, mm -hmm. I think, only natural for us that we want. We want people to like us. So when you ask a question, how can I make this happen? Well, and the problem becomes it would be, I guess it would be okay if there's only one or two people in your life that you that, that was an issue that you're trying to keep them happy. But all of us have lots of people that we work with, family members, friends, whatever, um, social groups, whatever. And so trying to keep all of those, we you just can't keep all those plates spinning, right? And so we're going to end up letting someone else down by trying to keep this other person happy. And it just snowballs. It gets to be ridiculous. And so you do kind of have to have some boundaries and say, okay, reality is I'm not going to be able to keep everyone happy. And their happiness should not depend upon me. And, and, and so, you know, Alan, you and I, we deal with pastors and lots of churches and, and things like that. And, and, we realize that it can't just always depend on us. Yeah. Have you ever seen those people who can like spin like 10 plates at one time, you know, and they've, ridiculous. Got, yeah. they've got, they've got contraptions and, and all kinds of stuff where they can spin plates and then 
just as they get one spin in, there's one that's starting to wobble and, and fall apart. And so they've got to redesign it or, or do something different with that. And, you know, that's what happens when you're a people pleaser, right? You think you've got someone happy and then you look over and then you got to go back to where you were and you just, you find yourself running back and forth between plates and you might manage to get one other plate up, but there just comes a point in time where you're physically not able to do any more. You've done all you can do. Yeah, we do have limits. We just come to the end of ourselves. And so being a people pleaser is an issue that I think everyone faces at some point. And so we have to know our limits. The other side of that, another another issue is what we call hurry sickness. And this term, I I came across it first in John Mark Comer's book, um, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. And I know I've mentioned that here on our podcast before. It's been a a great uh, find for my wife and I. But um, actually, the more I've I've looked into that, this is a term that is in psychology and and, uh, it's found in other places besides that book. And, And so just having that constant feeling like you have to be in a hurry you're always exhausted and and so i think that's an issue that a lot of people face as well yeah i remember uh, years ago reading the little pamphlet um by hummel you know tyranny mm-hmm. of the urgent, the urgent. Which yeah deals with that same kind of kind of idea that we were always rushed and i don't know about you i do feel i do feel rushed quite a bit because i'm mm-hmm. you know I have a lot of different tasks that I have to accomplish and a lot of different things to get to. And so I always feel like I'm rushing from one thing to another thing. And before long, I feel like I've just run out of gas. And that's that's really not where we want to be. And that's not our best place. And if we're always hurrying, you know, we're going to we're going to um, run out of strength. I mean, that's just what happens. You can't sprint. You know, you can't sprint a mile. You know, mm-hmm. it may look like those guys are sprinting, even the uh, elites, but they are not running a mile as fast as a sprinter runs a hundred meter dash. It's impossible. We just physically we're not structured to be able to do that. Yeah, you know, as you're saying all this, and we're talking about this today, it makes me think about um, my mother-in-law, Loretta. She um, great godly lady and she she says this phrase quite a bit it makes me think in in light of eternity is what she said you know is this really important in light of eternity and i i think that's really a, a good thing for us to ask ourselves you know the all the stuff that we look at it at our daily just our daily calendar and all the things we feel like we have to be in a hurry about in light of eternity is this really something that I should stress about. Uh, And so I I think that for me, that makes me think a lot. Yeah, I think that's a great way to think about it, you know, comparing things to eternity. I I was actually preaching this Sunday about the importance of having an eternal perspective because one of the mistakes I think we make in our Christian world today is putting so much emphasis on the here and now that we forget the eternal value of what we do. You know, when Jesus taught taught us to lay up treasures for yourself in heaven where moth and rust don't get to them, you know, Mm -hmm. I think that one of the important parts of that is to recognize that we are called 
to have an eternal mindset to the things that are going on. And, you know, I think there's been this move to remove the eternal thoughts so we can help people in the present. But we don't help people in the present if we don't attach eternity to it. Yeah, we want them to be able to experience that eternity. And so today we're, we're kind of talking about the, the need to be able to say no to some things in our life. But, but Alan, I, you're a better uh, 80s music guy than I am. Um, but I remember New Song had this song called Say Yes. Um, and it, the, one of the lines in the song said, how can you say no till you say yes? And, and, you know, it's talking about Jesus. I can't say no to these other bad things until I say yes to Jesus. And I think it's also true that I can't have the ability to say no to some things until I decide with God's leadership in my life, what are the things that I need to focus on? I can't set boundaries until I say, you know, yes, to what God wants me to do. So knowing who you are, knowing your calling, knowing your purpose. I think those are those are all things that you're kind of talking about here. Those are the things that can drive us forward to help us really kind of set up the boundaries. Those become kind of the guardrails that we want to put around the boundaries that, that we set for ourselves. Is that kind of what you're talking about? Yeah, Alan, I, it, we do have to be able to set those guardrails because we can't please everyone and we can't do everything as <laughs> I used to tell my mom, she's like, well, you can't do everything. It's like, well, just bet me. I'll show you, you know, but I was young and dumb and I may still be dumb, but I'm not young anymore. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's, it's that, that idea. And so um, I, I've, we've got some questions here. I want you to think about because I think real boundaries, those real um, fences in our lives that you've got to be able to, re to say some definite answers and, Sometimes we struggle, you know, people won't hardly tell you yes or no because they don't want to tell you the bad news or they don't want to disappoint you. Um, but here's, here's some things, some examples, you know, somebody asks you to do something and we, we have to be able to say, no, I, I'm sorry. Gosh, I, I really am sorry. I just can't do that. You know, and to be gentle and nice when you do it, but, um, so, Alan, th be thinking of examples of, you know, maybe something like that that you've thought of. But I, I thought of this, that, um, you know, I have to be able to say, okay, I can't work, you know, 15 hours, 16 hours a day on stuff. And so I can't, set, you know, go from my office to my recliner and still keep working on my laptop. You know, that I need to be able to shut that down. So, no, I'm sorry, I can't work after this this time you know or no i can't answer the phone during dinner um you know and that's hard because we've always got people calling and needing something so having some boundaries to protect time with my family that's means i have to say no i can't answer my phone during this certain time right right to say to be able to say no that i have a pre-arranged appointment or you know, I already have something scheduled for that day. You know, people don't have to know everything that you have scheduled, you know, right. so 
um, you know, I was really conflicted about um, a conflict in my schedule this week, but I had to put the priority where it belongs. And it's just how it has to be. Sometimes you have to put those guardrails in and be able to say, I'm going to have to be okay saying no to this. And if some people are uncomfortable with the decision I made, I'm not there to please them. I answer to God in this. And so that's, that's honestly how I have to view those things. I'm really glad you said that, Alan, because you're right. People don't have to know <laughs> you. I think we explain too much, right? Um, you know, we're, we're trying to say no or yes. We're, we're, well, you know, I've got this and I've got this. They don't care. You know, just, hey, I'm sorry, I can't do that. I've got another appointment. Well, that that other appointment may be a date with my wife. Or I said that I would go with her to something, or 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 maybe it's just I have an appointment with God. I need to sit down and be in God's Word for a little while. You know, they you don't have to tell them all that stuff. Just say, "Oh, I'm sorry, I can't. I've got another appointment." You know, and I think that's we have to be okay with doing that. Right. Yeah, I think that's a totally part of what we're talking about here is the idea that no has to be kind of a part of your vocabulary and you need to know how to use no <laughs> yes <laughs> that's a whole lot of no man <laughs> yeah I, I agree though you know it's and we have to be gracious about it i think that's what people stress about because they just don't like to disappoint people but we can say we can say no to someone in a gracious way and, and saying something like hey i really appreciate you asking me that Unfortunately, I just can't right now and leave it at that. You don't have to explain. Just let your no be no and your yes be yes. Does scripture say something about that? Um, yeah, I think, it, I think it does. So Trent, I think these are great. I think this is a, a, a wonderful conversation. Now, I want to set up something that we're going to kind of end our talk with today. But let's, let's bring up a couple of questions. So if, let's say one of those things is, you know what? I don't do work stuff after 530. So if someone calls, I, it goes to voicemail, they, you know, all those kinds of things. But how, how do you balance a need to say work after 530? You and I work with some bivocational pastors. We, we have to be mm -hmm. available in some evenings um, when you're expected to work throughout the day, you know, so you're giving up sometimes multiple nights a week. How do you, how do you, how do you balance that? Well, I, I think that flexibility has got to be a key for us in ministry, especially because things happen. People don't schedule when they're having a crisis and they don't schedule when something they have to go to the hospital. You know, of course, some people do. But I mean, so, an accident happens. Well, nobody scheduled that. I'm sorry, you can't you can't have a crisis if it's if it's after five thirty. I'm sorry, I won't. You can't do that as a pastor. Certainly can't do that and be effective. There are times when you have to say, okay, hey, I need to say set aside my time to go be with these people because they're at a crisis time. Yeah, so it is a challenge. Let's just be honest about it. Is there's no right time and there's no perfect scenario you know whenever mm -hmm. you say no there there's going to come a point in time where you're conflicted about your no and there's sometimes mm -hmm. you need to say you know what 
I'm going to have to do my no tomorrow, or I'm going to have to find some yes. other ways to steal some time, you know, for, for mm -hmm. myself. And you have to learn how to accommodate for, for different scenarios and in different situations, because you can't say, you can't say no to everything. There are some things you need to say yes to, especially in the scope of ministry, because like we said, life doesn't happen. You know, um, we know a great number of accidents happen in the middle of the night, and, mm -hmm. you know, so we, we're often available at times we don't expect to be and and would like not to be, but we have to be. So just remember that you, you've got to find a way to to maybe steal some time back um, mm -hmm. for yourself. If you're if you're a. Um, a church uh, layperson here, you know, encourage your pastor, you know, if you know they've had a, a hard stretch where they've done three or four funerals over the last few weeks and they've been out of pocket, you know, work with your church leadership to say, hey, can we can we gift our pastor an extra day? You know, do do some of those things. I would encourage employers in the workforce too. keep up with what's going on in the lives of your employees and help them find some time to be healthy employees because if you have healthy employees you have better employees so help them find that work-life balance as well um and that's just an encouragement to business owners out there but i think that's important well and from a pastoral standpoint alan i know that there were times that i was not really i mean i was the preacher but i was not their pastor until i was at the hospital with them at two in the morning and then I was like, oh, that's my pastor, you know, and so that you getting gaining that respect and that trust doesn't come from eight to five. It usually comes at some odd times of the day. And if you're in those times where you have to go and you have to take some time and, and you should be there with your families at the hospital and loving on them. But. As Alan said, you do have to steal back some time. And so I know we've mentioned this before in other podcast episodes, Alan, that we we have to break our day into three sections. You know, we've got our morning, our mid, our midday, and then night. And if I'm if I'm out all night with a family, then I'm not going to feel bad about taking the morning, the next morning, and sleeping or taking that whole, you know, the middle of the day. If I have a meeting maybe in the morning. You, you can only work two of those three sections. You can't work all three. And so you've got to make sure that you take at least one of those sections, steal back that time and, and have some rest. Oh, that's a great, that's great insight. And it's tr wonderfully true insight. So let me put this on another side. Let's, let's flip this back. Okay. You're trying to help your church. You're trying to help the people in your church have this balance in their life to be healthy and effective people. And yet many times what we look at in our church life is we expect someone to go work their job and come back on Wednesday night and then serve and give another four or five hours in some cases on Saturday night. And then all day Sunday, they're working and they're volunteering. Um, how do we balance that as a ministry leader, recognizing that we've got people that we're expecting more out of them than what we're putting in and we get frustrated at them for not working hard enough. Yeah, Alan, to be honest, Dana and I, we found ourselves, you know, we were just going through this process of, of being able to put some boundaries in place for ourselves. 
But then we'd turn right around and ask someone else to help us in the ministry and then be kind of frustrated when they said no. <laughs> you know? So you, you, you've got to give people the same measure of grace you've received, right? And, and, uh, and so that's hard. The other side of that, though, what you said at last, that last part is you're asking more than what you're putting in. That's, you can't, I don't know, I would, I would always want to be willing to put in more work than, than people expected. Um, I certainly wouldn't want to be a lazy minister. Um, you know, I don't know. What are your thoughts about that, Alan? Yeah, I think let, let's, you know, if we're tying up that conversation, I would just add to that conversation. It is up to us as church leaders to develop leaders so we don't overwork leaders. Mm -hmm. We always need to be developing people. And and I'll tell you, there have been times I've been better at that in ministry. But we need to keep developing people because the more we develop, the less we overwork the same ones over and over again. And you don't want to do that. I think when it comes to this other question, Trent, I do think there's some pushback today. I think we've had some healthy conversations going on in the ministry world, especially because of COVID, because of the burnout rates, because of the great resignation, all those kinds of things. I think there's some great conversations about Sabbath rest and the idea that people need rest. But I do think that there's this tendency too to take it to an extreme. And I think now what we're seeing is some people push back saying, yeah, but what about this pastor who doesn't do anything? Mm -hmm. You know, they're, they're not doing the work. They're not getting things accomplished. They, they say no um, to everything. So laziness can become a real problem if we just fall in love with the word no and we start turning down everything um, mm -hmm. for the sake of ourselves. Every, every inconvenient thing or every little thing like that. And people do that. Right. Well, and, and God has called us to, to pastor, uh, you know, and that means relationship. And if I'm never available to my people, I'm certainly not their pastor. I may be the preacher, but I'm not the pastor. And then, you know, from a layperson standpoint, um, that's true, too. You know, I, I, I don't need to be lazy. Scripture's pretty plain about lazy people and that uh, if you don't work, you don't eat kind of thing. And I I think that's true of ministers too. You know, we're supposed to be setting the example of being a person of good character and doing what I say I'm going to do, fulfilling the calling. Yeah. So I think that's something that we, we should bring up on the backside of this conversation. No is not an excuse. No, no mm -hmm. is, is a strategy. And what we're talking about today is being strategic and working smarter, not less. We're not mm -hmm. telling you to work less. We're telling you to work smarter. Now, working smarter may mean that there are some things that you do work less at, but mm -hmm. work smarter, not less often. We want you to accomplish a lot. We want you to be super productive, super effective. So work a plan that allows you that work-life balance. And no is part of that conversation, but yes is part of that conversation too, as you said earlier. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you can be more effective if you do have some boundaries set because you'll have the energy, the ability to do all that God has called you to do. But if you're if you're always you know scattered to the four winds, you won't have the ability, energy, or or focus to be able to accomplish what God has called you 
to do. And so, Alan, you're right. We do need to work smarter, um, protect some time, uh, especially with your family. You need to do that and have a little bit of time to, to rest and certainly time with God. Well, we can tell you from practical experience that we are still people in project on this, that we are still working, yeah. developing those skills. But we hope that this conversation today, and it's been a great conversation, Trent. Thank you so much um, for putting this together. It's been a, a, a wonderful reminder of what we need to do to say no to some things that need a no in our lives so we can be strategic and be effective. So thanks Thanks again. We want you to be effective. That's why we do this. So you can endure it in ministry and hopefully have a long, effective um, ministry of your own. So thanks for joining us. And we look forward to catching you on our next episode.